Good evening, Patriots. And it's still Thursday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, just ending. And I guess on the East Coast, you just ended (laughs) in the year 2022. So it's been a good St. Patty's Day, I hope, for everybody. Hope everybody had a good time. Wore some green socks, maybe some green pants, maybe a green shirt, whatever the heck that's about. But it's all good. Leprechauns and shamrocks. There you go. Hey, before we begin tonight, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. It's the Bards Nation's coffee. You know, we need a coffee that's going to be like healthy coffee, a coffee that gets you going, boosts you up, gets that sustained energy across the whole day, keeps your mental focus there as well. That's exactly what Expedition Coffee is all about. It's giving you a health boost as well as a energy and mental focus boost for the whole day. And that's the foundation product that goes along with a bunch of other great health products, which we need right now in this high-stress environment. This world that we're in is, has transformed to be like a bioweapon world with high stress thanks to our deceitful media and a lying government. And so we need to get the products that will help us get through that and keep our immune systems strong and bolstered. So Expedition Coffee goes along with Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract, high levels of vitamin C. Also have Earth, which is a nutrient powder. You mix it with water, drink it like a shake. It's all your body needs for the full day. We also have the gut health triad, which is critical to our gut. Leaky gut is a real critical problem for our health, and so you have to get some things to help recover from that, and that's that's what those products do. And finally, Pure 47, which is a colloidal silver product, highly refined down to a nano level that helps isolate all those pathogens in your body. When you put all that together, that creates a health ecosystem. And that health ecosystem helps you reclaim your health sovereignty. It's kind of a good deal. So anyway, check it out. Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. Well, you know, there's squeezing right now, and there's a lot of things happening in multiple directions. And what we do know is there is the side that we see, well, kind of see, it's the side they want us to see, which is this illusion. And it's the illusion of, of perceptions. This is a war of narrative. And it's a war of perception. It's a war for your mind. So as we're discovering in Ukraine, as we discovered, I mean, I say discovered, I think we always knew, but the magnitude of the deceit is probably beyond scope of what most people ever comprehended. We've seen how, what they were able to do with COVID. Obviously, it, for three years, they tried to do the Russia, Russia, Russia thing with President Trump. But we're starting to see how sophisticated this system was because they needed to get in people's head that Russia was the enemy. They wanted a war with Russia. They wanted to be able to blame everything on Russia and keep our eyes away from there are other parts of the world, like Ukraine and China. And so we've got the Russia, Russia, Russia thing going on for three years, which is literally a masterful use of propaganda. And that propaganda has got people be able to be very reactive to anything that Russia does, and it blinds them. And so they begin to worship the lie. 
And then before that, they spent plenty of years with the media and the and the mu- movies building up this idea of a world-ending virus. And that was done through zombie movies, zombie apocalypse, it was World War Z, The Walking Dead, on and on. All of that had to do with these deep programming of people to get them prepared for some sort of a invisible enemy that would take over the body and then you would be done. That's it. You're going to, and you know, they, they actually probably what's happened in walking dead. I always say this is probably the nanotech gone wrong, but nonetheless, it doesn't matter. It's, that becomes a fear. They've painted the picture from red Dawn to red Dawn two to many other versions of that, of the North Koreans, the Russians, the, the Chinese taking over our soil, invading us. So they've always got a boogeyman going. And it, it's pushed Americans to be living in a lot of fear. As a culture, they've dumbed down the education. They've maximized the fear. And as a society, the, in, the intellectual capacity and cognitive ability of our nation has declined radically in the last hundred years. Combine that with fluoride in the water, poisons in the food, GMOs, this sort of thing. You should, you know, asking yourself this, why is it that Europe doesn't allow GMOs and yet we do? Because we're the, we're the problem for the Nazi world order. We are the problem. We, we were the problem and hopefully we'll remain that problem. Um, because we were at least by the structure of our system, we were nonconformist. We had a right to bear arms. We had the right to free speech. And we felt we could conquer the world. And so we are, as a people, we weren't intimidated much by authority until, until COVID. And from my own personal story on this, I mean, when I see this, as somebody who has been overseas and served the nation, it's pretty difficult to swallow to watch how quickly a country handed over its entire constitution and bill of rights for a mask. And then later did it again with the backs. It's, it's devastating to watch. So it's really difficult in the sense of to watch our nation fall so fast, which ultimately comes down to a lot of our belief and our worship. And of course, we've talked about this a lot, but the pulpit is dead and the church is sold out to the 501c3. And it's to be ceased to become a country that's been driven by strong pastors and strong messages from the pulpit, but instead it's a country that's been literally conquered by the worship of money, and money is the root of all evil. And that carries out on so many levels. You've heard me say these things a lot. It's nice when I start to hear others saying it as well. I came across a channel this morning. Can't even remember what channel it was. And they were doing the interviews with nurses and holding nurses to the fire. 
which needs to happen. Like, why did you, you know, why did you inject the vax or why did you not warn your patients of this? Because the nurses are kind of that front line, that final line, like the pharmacists. They're the final line in the checks and balances of making sure people don't get poisoned. And they all failed. They all failed because they chose their paycheck over what was right. Many nurses didn't take the injection, and yet they didn't share that with their they didn't share that with the clients or the patients. Because if they had spoken about it, they would have lost their job and been fired from the hospital. So they took care of themselves. And they didn't take care of the patients. That that wasn't in their oath. That is not what their job was about. It's like police officers enforcing these sort of unconstitutional orders of masking and social distancing and whatever else. They're dirtbags. Don't ever ask me to blindly, you know, support the blue any more than I'm going to blindly support medical staff or pharmaceutical staff or pilots. I mean, I'm just not going to do it because so many people just did it because it was the way to keep their job. And in the process, especially those that were in the process in the in the front lines of administering this, so many people have been damaged. We're in a a real interesting point right now. I think most of us can feel that there's been a fairly significant turn a tide change and um you know when you do that it's 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 something to reflect on and we do reflect on it because we can feel it and we begin to as nature does with us, we're very powerful. We're, we're very optimistic people at the end of the day. And we tend to start to build optimistic narratives. And when we do that, we tend to overlook the urgency of what's before us. The whole concept of right now, we're, we're very torn and in the ways that we see what's coming before us. There is one group of people that sees that obedience to the vax is the only way through. And they're still there and they're very, there's enough of them to be vocal. There is another group of people that have taken the injection. They don't want to take it anymore, but they really don't want to talk about it. They don't want to know anymore. They just did it. It's like, it's no big deal, man. There's another group of people that, have stood boldly by and realized that the fight wasn't politics and we fought in the trenches over this vax because the vax led to so many draconian things. And that vax wasn't just an injection. It was a one-way ticket to slavery, which led to the, the, the passes and the digital currency. We talked about that for almost two years. And we're here and we're seeing it and we're, 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 positioning ourselves not to be impacted by it. And you have this other group of people that are kind of holding out for like a big moment when the military is going to sweep in and save the day. I think every one of us would like to see a knight in shining armor, so to speak, sweep in and save the day. That'd be cool. But the real of it is, is we can't count on it. And when you can't count on something, 
there's only a couple things that we can count on. One of those is to do our duty to make sure that we protect our family and insulate our family from an, a pretty obvious implosion of a system. That includes you know, the collapse of the dollar and potential food shortages. I don't know how extensive those shortages are going to be. No one does. Because the whole other problem here is both the supposed good side and the definitely evil side. Nobody's giving any truth. And we're completely jumbled. And there's no perspective as to what is really real or not real. We know that. So that leads us to the second part of that. So we have to take care of our families and we have to take make sure that we're insulated as much as we can. And that's where we've talked at length over this last 18 months of county by county, the importance of what that represents. And then you have God. And it's our faith. And it's our faith that, you know, we, we literally have this faith that is strong and gives us something solid to stand on. And we have our King and our Savior, Christ, who is there with us whenever we want him. He's there all the time if we want him. He doesn't reject us. We just reject him or we forget about him. So when we start to look at the convolution of stuff that's out here, it's pretty important that we just kind of take a deep breath and take a step back and really put our eyes on Christ. And more than that, Open up that dialogue with Christ. Every one of us, I don't care who you are. I, I and I'm because I wouldn't believe it if you told me otherwise. So <laughs> I that's me being real understanding. Um but I think every single one of us in this process has had moments of doubt. We've we've had moments of looking at God going, Okay, Father, like what the heck is this? We've had the moments of anxiety. We've, we've had uh, questions that we can't answer. I would imagine some have had a drifting of faith to one moment or another. And don't feel guilty if you have. You're here. You're still standing with Father. And, and I say that because it, there's a, there is this whole thing within religion and within the way our faith is taught and it just drives me crazy. And I've, I've talked also about this a lot and it's the whole point of guilt. Like, why are we constantly being told to feel guilty about what? Because I'm imperfect. Like no kidding. Yeah, I know I am. And I know that on top of it, not only am I imperfect, I know that I'm going to sin because I'm, we're navigating through a time and here's here's the simple answer why. And this is why the guilt thing drives me nuts. We're going to sin, not because you want to, but because we're immersed, literally like dunk tank style, into a system that around every step and breath that we breathe, there's some trap that's been set to intentionally catch you and bring you to a point of sinning. So if you grow up in a world like that and then you have a church telling you you're a sinner, it's like, uh, yeah, no kidding, dude. 
Like, are you not? And that's always kind of my counter response is like, and you, what about you? Yeah, of course we're sinners. Because our world is designed to make sure that we stay that way. The great victory over this is that when we step in with Christ and we say, okay, I, you know, I'm accepting Christ in my life, forgive me, and I'm going to seek repentance for what I've done, and I'm going to literally be reborn through him. And then I'm going to do with my checkup, which sometimes my checkup is every, you know, it should be probably every day. I hope it is for you. And it's to check up with, with Christ and Father. Sometimes we don't even know if we have, if we've sinned. But it's not a point of coming to Father like, oh, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I mean, think about it if you're a, you're a parent and you've had a child comes in every day. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm a miserable person. I'm a miserable person. You're not going to stand for it as a parent. You want to hear about what's going on. And we want to be able to express, we want to be honest in our heart, but my father wants to live through us. That's the glory. I mean, it's, it's, that's the intimacy in this experience. And part of that experience in knowing that we're going to stumble is knowing that we have Christ right there by us and father moving through us. And we've got all this amazing experience. And guess what? When we rely on that the whole idea of stumbling takes on a different form because it's almost a shared experience. And we do it together. And sometimes we, we're going to be let to run off on our own and we're going to stumble. But we're, we're really in a, a place right now where we have to continue to recalibrate back to those two positions again of, of our duty and responsibility and that beautiful and intimate relationship that we're growing with father. As we build that strength in Christ and we build that strength in our relationship and intimacy with, with God, all of this other stuff starts to just drift away. I've had questions asked, like, what, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen with, with Russia and Ukraine? I'm like, I guess what? I don't care. But, but what happens if there's thermal nuclear war? Then either I'm safe or I get turned into an irradiated mushroom. I don't know. But I have no control over it. And I know that if God wants me here, no matter what happens, no matter what becomes, God has me here for a reason. And that's not just me, that's all of us. And we just, we need to, to embrace that peace, I think. And when we start to live like that and really appreciating that every moment's important, that we're walking here on this earth to really, truly be that beacon for others to see I don't think we, what I'm about ready to say, I don't think we honor enough. We need to be that shining beacon that when people look at us, they're like, wow, what do I see? They want some of that. That's like the biggest billboard in the world. And what's the billboard for? My love in Christ. Jesus.
But I don't have to wear the T-shirt, and I don't have to wear the hat. Though that's cool if you want to. But I'm saying it's not, it's not that sort of thing. I don't need the handbag, and I don't need the shoes. What I need is the presence. That um, that intimate relationship and love for Christ. That as I walk in a day, it just shines all through me. And when I'm there, that's the rock of faith. That's the ability to sit and just laugh at some of this stuff. And it is laughable. And not get wrapped around the axle around it. Because it's designed to wrap you around the axle and then take you for a drive and beat you up and then leave you bitter and angry. And as we can step back and have a little laughter with it or step back and just like, whatever, here we go again, a little nut jobs show. Now, there's a lot of concern about money lately, and, and I'm not discounting that, okay, because I'm going through the same thing. I'm advising a number of people. Remember, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't wear a white coat. And I'm not a doctor, but I give people my opinion, and I am giving a lot of opinions lately on what I would do in this market because people are nervous And I just, you know, I understand this, my point, but the thing is to take an action and remember that as we're listening and we're going to tangible things, God's world is a tangible world, not a digital world. I think that's the first thing to look at. So we have the money issue and we have to have two sides to that. You have to prepare as best you can. You have to use some of that money should be whatever that money is. You need to be making sure you have in my opinion, you need to be having food and sustenance for, you know, six months. It doesn't have to be fancy. That's just being smart. That's not, that's not being freak out prepper. And if you can do more, do more. But it, you have to begin somewhere. And I think most people that are on this channel have been. So I'm not making that assumption either way. But it's important that you do. And then we have, you should be getting into something that's going to, for the time being, if you're in, in paper money like we have it, is, is in, in risk. So go to something tangible. Go to gold and silver. That's just that pretty much that simple. And that t- when you start taking that action, whatever form you take it in, someone said to me the other day, well, I can't get to my 401k. And it's like, well, move it to a silver gold IRA. I don't know. Then at least you know it's tied to something real. So as they, as these things are happening and people start making moves and taking an action where you know that it's something will be solid and touchable at some point, that gives us strength in the earth. That's like being on the rock of faith. Giving yourself something that's digital and you just have to have access through the digital portal or whatever, that's like building a house on sand. That's how I see it. And then we have this digital ID thing. People are like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? They're going to cut off my food. They're going to cut off my, 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 my fuel. It's like, all right. So here, here's where I, I just kind of shrug a little bit, and I say, okay, look. There's 340 million people here, and I guarantee you there's not 340 million clones, and they're not going to drone their way to the acceptance of a digital pass. It's just not going to happen. We've already seen the precedence of that in the last three years, two years. Secondly, there's going to be some challenges, and that's part of the reason of getting 
money away from the control of the banks and part of the reason of putting food aside so you're okay. And if you can set it up to get a little bit of gasoline put aside, probably a good idea too. And the more that you can do in that way so that you have for yourself and for others. But I'm also not one that believes that we're going to bunker down for 17 years. Okay, I think that we're better than that as people. And as people, we're going to work through this. But we, we need to have all you're doing in this mental space is you're creating a safe buffer for yourself so that you're not overwhelmed and that you can hear the word of God. That's the key right there. Because when we get panicked and we get in this place of frenzy and we start worrying about the ghosts that we're making up in our head that we have no idea whether they're going to be or not, we're not listening to God anymore. So the way that I look at my life is I say, okay, I feel many times God puts on my heart to do things. And I'm like, all right, I don't know if that's God or not God, but it seems like it's probably God. But either way, how does it, what's the end game? And so I go through and I make a series of things I need to do as I've been doing for the last, I, I redo this list every few weeks. But I've been working through this over the last year. And I sat back the other day and I went, wow, it's pretty amazing. I mean, God put on my heart, like do a garden. He did it a year ago. Get a garden going. So I tore the backyard up and we built, we terraced part of it and we put in big beds and gardens. And, you know, I sit here this year and I went, wow, I'm sure glad I listened because we've got plants all lined up, ready to go. And we're planting and the beds are ready and and it's wonderful. And that's food. And food is a great feeling to have. It means you're not, obviously you're not going to be... You're not going to be without. And I've gone through this extensive list over this year of kind of following what's on my heart. And I'm at this point now and I'm like, man, that's, that's good. That was listening to God because that was what was on my heart. And as we continue to do that, we are listening to, I find that we hear God more clearly because we're getting rid of the anxieties and the clutter that's in our head. Let me read you something. This is pretty interesting because this is, this is 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. When, now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is so much of where I think we are right now. There is a lot of intentional media spinning of the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency, the COVID passes. They're moving out on it. I don't know how far they're going to get. I know they're moving out. I know that it ain't happening in my household. 
And I know that I'm not the only one. And I tend to think that as we get into this, we're going to be, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We're going to realize just how many there are of common agreement that we're not going to accept what they're sending. The problem that we have is that in this frenzy of noise and in this environment, which is only become more exaggerated in the individual world, the me culture, the ideology of me, we're not paying attention to the fellowship enough and we're definitely not hearing God clearly enough. I take some time let me restate this. Pretty much every day I take time to sit quiet. I do a bit of prayer and then I just do a quiet moment, maybe 20 minutes of just what I call quiet mind. It actually it comes from when I, from my martial arts days. And it's just to let the mind be completely quiet and just sit quiet, empty mind. And it's usually there that there's some pretty profound things that come in the relationship with, with Father or Christ. One of the two speaks pretty clearly. Last couple of days, meaning like Wednesday and Thursday, no Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I, I was busy and I didn't do that in the morning, and it was a mistake. And I and things get tense, and I could start to feel that disconnect, and it bothers me. So this morning, I took a pretty good time, about an hour, and just sat quiet in prayer and meditation. And there is this, the voice and what's shown is profound. We just listen because Father doesn't go to the noisy places. I talked about it a few nights ago. It's we seek out the noise to find the voice of God. And yet that isn't where we're going to find him. What did Elijah find? Elijah found God at the mouth of the cave when it was the gentle breeze. It was God wasn't in the winds and he wasn't in the earthquakes and he wasn't in the storm, but that's where we tend to look. So, and for me, those lessons are very clear because as we're this noise that these people are throwing at us, which is what it is, this is a narrative war. Remember that. And if you haven't, if you can't see that yet, I mean, it's so important to step aside. I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. Okay. I'm not waving the whole Putin flag, but I've said many times, based on what we know at this point, he has absolute right to go in there and clean up that muck, and he's doing it. I don't know how many people are dying. I don't know how many people have died from COVID. I don't know how many people have died from the shot. I don't know who's telling a truth or a lie. That's the world we currently live in. So as we look across at all this noise, and you, if you put that in perspective and you say, okay, I don't know what's truth or a lie. Because it gets fairly difficult, and I know how much time I spend each day to put these shows together and how much time I spend discerning truth or at least getting to a place where we can factually establish something. And even then, that could be redone in a week or two weeks or a month. But I do know one thing, that when I sit and I pray and I put that into God and then I come back to that point and I seek that strength of what do I need to do, 
those two things again, it, it starts to clear up pretty quickly. You start to look at the, the stories and you're like, well, that's irrelevant. That doesn't mean anything. You start to see deeper. So you can start to see the bigger movements of things. Start to realize what things you actually have no control over, which is most things, by the way. And those things that we do have a lot of control over, we need to be dominating completely. If you have control over your food source, then maximize it. If you have the ability to sew your own clothes, maximize it. If you have the ability to repair your house, do your own electrical, work on your vehicle, maximize it. That, that's the way we regain our sovereignty. It's the way we regain our power. And when we regain our power and our sovereignty, we find something amazing in that space as we work with God. We find that that voice has been there the whole time, but we haven't been able to hear that soft, gentle breeze because we're so muddled and cluttered about this garbage that doesn't mean a damn thing in our life. At the end of the day, life is pretty simple. It's not complicated. But boy, do we do a good job of building a mountain. The most important things are really, how are we going to feed ourselves? How are we going to clothe ourselves? What can I do for my neighbor to make sure they can feed themselves and clothe themselves, keep themselves in, in home, keep ourselves in home. We just don't think like that. And yet that's a world that when we do, that's truly loving thy neighbor as I love thyself. That is a giving economy where we're starting to give in the many ways that we can. And if we're each doing that, we discover something absolutely amazing. We discover that God is right there. It's like sliding back the rug and discovering a a hidden door and you open up the hidden door and you're like, whoa, Lord, you're right there. It's like, dude, I've been here the whole time just waiting, waiting for you finally to to start paying attention to me. And that's what we really need to do more of, in my opinion. And as we get into that wonderful place, There's nothing out here that bothers us. The ship rocks. It gets hit by the waves. We get tossed side to side. And instead of panicking, we're like, that was pretty crazy. We just need to make sure our strap is strapped on. Here's here's an interesting one for you. And I, I actually, I'm bringing it up because of what I just said. And it's a, it's a real, it gets to me like, almost like a fear. And yet, it misses when I when it hits me. It's always it misses the critical point of faith. That's why I'm bringing it up. So let's go back to that boat, and it's single sailing, solo sailing. When you're you're the solo, you're one person on a ship. And this has been my one of my dreams to solo sail, like down around the Horn Cape Horn, around the tip of South America, and back up. That's been one of my from Oregon coast down around the tip of South America and come back up and come through the Panama Canal. That's like one of my life goals. So I'm going to do it one of these days. So when you're solo sailing, one of the things you have to be very cognizant of is strapping in when you're on 
on your deck, on deck. Because if you slip, there's no one to pick you up. Now, they, this is why I bring this up, because it's like, <gasps> and you can get that breath. You're like, man, I don't know. That's, that's a big fear. What happens if I get stuck? In, and your mind just starts going. Trust me. Let your mind go down this rabbit hole, and you'll be like, oh, you're going to fall off the ship, and you're going to see the ship sail away, and you're going to try to swim, and you're going to run out of energy, and you're going to start treading water, and then pretty soon sharks are going to eat you or whatever else. So then if you want to pursue that with a mechanical device, then you, you find out that they've got these really cool breakaway rudders. And it's, it's a deal that when you fall off the boat and it senses that you're off the boat, then the rudder locks and it puts the boat into a constant spin. And it's like a big circle, but at least you can get to it. But then you still have to climb back up, by the way. <laughs> that sounds easier. That's a Hollywood thing. Tom Cruise would probably like to tell you how easy that was. Whatever. What a liar. But my point is that there's something even more fundamental, and that is like, okay, well, how did all these people in the past do it? Well, number one, they just set up a good pattern of not letting themselves get unhooked on the deck. That's kind of a good basic. So that's the part I can do, right? That's like, doing preparations, do my part, hook in. And then there's the other part, and it's God. And it's have some faith. You're going to be okay. Got it. And once we start looking at life literally that simply, we start to open our eyes and seeing that we're not as alone as we thought. We're not outnumbered. That's what they want us to believe always, that we're always outnumbered. They're such liars. And unfortunately, too often, we range between being gullible or fools. Let's not be fools. Let's not be gullible. Let's just turn to Father. Set a place at the table for Christ to join us. Pour a cup of coffee. Sit back. Have a bit of a smile. Laugh a bit. It's all one big circus right now anyway. COVID passes? Yeah, that didn't work. Digital ID? Don't get worked up about it. We'll find a way through it. You might have a little tough time. You ever fasted for 10 days? Yeah, I've fasted for, what I tell you, 40, 45 or 50. I was trying to do 60. Didn't make it past 50. My point is, we're a lot stronger than we think we are. And we need to remember that. Because we're going to persevere here. Evil will not win. God is with us. It might get a little bumpy. But at the end of the day, you can give them the big middle finger and turn to God and give him a big hug and say, thank you so much, Father. And he's... I think you'll probably laugh. You'll be like, yeah, I've been here. I'm glad to see you. Welcome home. Let's pray. Father, this is just a really nice evening you've given us. A really beautiful time this evening just to sit and just kind of chat. And what's really nice is I know you're here. And and Jesus, I know you're sitting here with us. 
And I know that you're just kind of listening. And I, I think you're kind of enjoying it like we are. You've given us so much. And we are um, so deeply humbled. You've given us strength. You've given us laughter. You've given us calm and perspective. And even at those times when we get frustrated, and we do, we have our little tantrums, and we do. We have our anxieties and fear, and that, that happens. Sometimes we're hurt. Sometimes we feel you're not there with us, and we know better, but we do that. Forgive us, and I know that you do, because you're our Father. And Jesus, you're our Savior, but you're also like our best friend and brother that walks with us, and we're, it's just really beautiful, and thank you. These are some pretty crazy times. I, I think that what we often forget is that you knew this, and yet you trusted in us from the beginning. And I, we need to remember that sometimes, because that's really the place where You're, you're way ahead of us, and we're a little slow to catch on. And we get pretty wrapped up in things because we care, because we're that way, because you made us. Sometimes we just need to take a pause. Sometimes we just need to take a knee, assess the terrain, have a sip of water before we pull up on our ruck and start climbing again. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for always being here, for always just walking with us, for always being that place that we can turn to and just dig in and let our heart open, whether we cry or yell or scream or laugh, but you're always there. We just need to always remember that. Whatever lies ahead, we're ready. We... We think about it perhaps too much. We're eager to see some of this end, and we know in our hearts it's not going to end quickly. But what we do all have is your love. And Jesus, we have your love. And I, I just think it needs to be said tonight. You have ours. So thank you for all that's been given, all that's been sacrificed, and all that's amazing walk is about to reveal because there's so much coming. And none of it's going to be bad as long as we keep tucked in with you, Father, and keep you right at our side, Jesus. We're going to be just fine. Guide us, direct us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's about that easy, and we all need to remember it. And I include myself on the list. Just to, sometimes it's just a matter of just turning to the Father and going, okay, <laughs> not sure if you planned this, but wow, this was something. And it's about that simple. So Patriots, Make sure you wake up in the morning 
before you go to bed, thank Jesus for all that we have. And when you get up, thank Jesus and have a conversation. Thank Father. Throw off that darkness. There's no reason to have it. Don't let the anxiety get to you. Spend a little time looking outside. This is a beautiful world. It's perfection, the way God made it. And this is God's world. And he'll make sure it stays that way. And we're right there with him. Have a blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep the prayers up, patriots. We're standing on that rock of faith. Every time we pray, we just get more fixed on that rock in a great way. The storm is coming. There's no question about that. It's here. And it's going to get a little bumpy. But I don't know if you've ever been on a storm at the coast. The Oregon coast has epic storms. I'll tell you, those are the storms that you want to you want to hear the waves crash. You want to feel the power of the wind. You want the rain blowing in your face. You want to get soaked. And you can do all that because you know that you're standing on that rock of faith. And it's glorious. And you just get, life just gets better and better. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we're here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 